Hi, I'm Delcy from Canadian Mental Health Research Centre in London, Ontario. This episode is about suicide and addictions among Indigenous youth. Be sure to subscribe to my podcast for more episodes on how to break addictions and much more other information and topics in the future. Things that will be discussed in this episode. Addictions. Suicide. Residential schools. The sixties scoop. The AIM program, Adopt Indian NMIT. And much more. Warning, some topics and discussions may have some personal effects. Your discretion is advised. Today's sponsorship is by Tim Hortons. Yay! Be sure to subscribe to my podcast and you will get a gift card in the mail for one free drink. The whole question is how suicides and addictions started in the indigenous community. Is it their past? Yes, it is true that most of the indigenous communities' suicides and addiction issues are because of their past. Kids got taken away in the 60s scoop or brought to a residential school from the government. Some of the families that the kids got adopted into into the 60s scoop were good. But there was also a lot of abusive families that would rape and abuse kids. That's why they have PTSD or addictions or suicide issues nowadays. The residential schools would send out people that the government chose. And they would go collect kids. And the kids would be brought to the residential schools. And if they would speak any other languages except English, they would get beat. Or they would get locked in this little thing that was like probably like a little locker, but with bars all around it. And they would be locked in there for days and they could only stand. Kids in residential schools also got beat, raped, assaulted, all of that, just like in the sk- kids from the 60s scoop. So that explains so much why they have 
addiction issues and so many such a high suicide rate among indigenous communities. The last residential school closed in 1996, which is not too long ago, so that means they were mostly all around Ontario, but there was also some in other places in the world. The reason why all the youth indigenous kids have some problems with addiction or even their suicides um, is because they see the PTSD and issues their parents have nowadays, so it rubs off on them and they get affected by that or they were in the residential school or they were adopted out and they are still in their young ages to be a youth another reason why kids in the indigenous community commit suicide is because their parents are going through a lot and they are trying to help themselves and raise their children and fix their mental issues from all the PTSD they have gone through from the 60s scoop or residential schools. But their kids see friends, families, and whatever, grandparents, parents, struggling with addiction or their family or friends committing suicide. So that affects them. And sometimes that leads to them getting addictions or becoming addicted to something or committing suicide because a lot of the time in indigenous communities are so close connected together that if one person commits suicide it leads to a chain of sometimes five six twelve people committing suicide after them In the 1960s and the 1980s, tens of thousands of Indigenous kids were taken from their families and put into the child welfare system. It's known as the 60s scoop, and its effects are still being felt today. The practice of taking kids out of Indigenous communities goes back as long as Canada has been a country. First, there was the residential school system. The goal there was to assimilate Indigenous kids and, as one bureaucrat said, solve Canada's Indian problem. I want to get rid of the Indian problem, said Duncan Campbell Scott, Department of Indian Affairs. ...made by non-Indigenous social workers who didn't necessarily understand Indigenous culture or family structures, like the role of extended family in childcare. Social workers often saw challenges, like poverty, as a reason to remove children. Many parents grew up in residential schools and were facing their own trauma. Some of them even asked social services for help. But the jump in the number of Indigenous kids in the child welfare system around this time is staggering. In BC, for example, First Nations children made up less than 1% of all kids in foster care in the early 1950s. A decade later, that number was 34%, and a similar spike happened in other provinces. Another huge thing in the past, when the 60s scoop was going on, is there was this thing called the AIM program. AIM program is Adopt Indian MAT, and it is basically an ad in a newspaper for an indigenous kid that would 
say like a description of the kid and description of the house the government is looking for them to be adopted out to the family or whatever the like perfect family they need or whatever and they were basically ads for like what they do for dogs and cats today This is an example of what the AIM commercials used to sound like in the past. Some governments developed special programs designed to get Indigenous children adopted, like Saskatchewan's AIM program. The AIM program advertised kids on TV and radio and in newspapers. Almost all of the kids who were adopted went to white families in Canada, the United States, and even as far away as New Zealand. Across the country, thousands of Indigenous kids were adopted out, but to this day, the government says it still doesn't know exactly how many. How many? Many of these adoptions didn't work out. One study found that one-fifth of Indigenous adoptions had broken down by the time a child turned 15, half of them by the time they were 17. But it wasn't until the 1980s that the government really started to examine the damage the 60 scoop caused families and communities. In an influential 1985 report, a Manitoba judge said cultural genocide has taken place in a systematic, routine manner. More than half a century after the 60 scoop began, the trauma and harm are still affecting families. Many survivors say they were abused while in care. They continue to struggle with trauma and loss, loss of family and identity, loss of language and culture, loss of history, similar to residential school survivors. And they don't always have information about where they came from. Some survivors are struggling to find their biological families. Manitoba apologized for its role in the 60 Scoops in 2015. In 2017, an Ontario judge ruled the federal government didn't do enough to protect the culture, identity of children adopted during the 60s scoop. The government has agreed to compensate survivors, but that doesn't include everyone who was affected. And while the era of the 60s scoop is long over, the removal of Indigenous children continues. Today, more than half of the kids in care in Canada are Indigenous. Even though the government did apologize for the 60 scoops and the residential school issues they had in the past, it still does not make up for everything that they have gone through. Thank you everyone listening to today's podcast. Um, Hopefully you guys learned some new information and new things about the past on Indigenous communities. I'm once again, Delcy, and this is uh, my podcast. Stay tuned for next week's episode on more stuff related to the Indigenous community. Have a good day.